Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Welcome to the Outcast mid-season break. Yes, we've had some wonderful episodes that have gone before. Some extraordinary guests, and we have some extraordinary guests to come. But for now, we are going to have a, a little sojourn, a little break, whilst we collate all our other episodes and edit and hone and polish and get them ready for your listeners' consumption. But of course, in the meantime, please remember to rate and subscribe as that all helps. And we look forward to seeing you with a full, wonderful, brand spanking, sparkling new episode next week. But for now, we have a little bonus extra that we thought you would love to hear. Now, this is the very first thing that David and I recorded. Our very first attempt at a podcast. To be honest with you, I haven't heard this until literally now you people are now hearing it as well as me right now. Sit back and enjoy. Trip down memory lane. There we go. Now we're recording. Now it's now it's now it's proper. Official. Broken the ice. Broken the ice. Right. Let me find that script again because I've lost it now. Okay, here we go. Golden Rod, scene fifteen. Do you want to? Do you want to introduce it, or or uh, or shall I? Well, do you, so you want to jump straight into um, straight into the scenes? You know what? We shouldn't introduce our show. <laughs> We're doing um, well. We can. Well, we can. We can cut all. We can cut around all cut these around. things. Okay, so we, can do, well. we can do little. We can do little. Let's do it. Segments. Okay, sounds good to me. Um, so we could do. We could do just do this segment first, and then Let's we could do, do a little, little introduction. Might warm us up. Okay, sounds good. Um, I think like you should introduce it. Okay. Um, so this is this is scene fifteen. So this is the scene that was never shot. No, it was shot. It was shot. You did. Was, oh, right. So it was shot, but it was never screened. Mm-hmm. So this is the first. This is fabulous. This is uh, so this is scene fifteen. Lord John Gray, Jamie Fraser. Exterior mm-hmm. Fraser's Ridge, family plot, dusk, day seven. Jamie and John Gray have been to the whiskey still and now find themselves rolling a barrel of whiskey towards the site of Murta's grave. This is made slightly more difficult by the fact that both are holding their respective beverage receptacles and <laughs> by fact that they are both by now incredibly drunk. I don't know why this was never screened. This, 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 this is awesome. <laughs> Okay, I take it. I take it you're doing you. I'll do me. Do you want me to do an accent? Do you want me to do an accent, or is that is that is that a bad idea? Yeah, it's whatever, 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 whatever feels right to you. I'm going to see how I feel. I'm going to start it, and then if it drifts off, then <laughs> we'll we'll leave it. <laughs> okay. Are you gonna action. Call action. Action. I'm okay. going to call action. Okay, action. Do you believe in ghosts? I year fear that matter will become a matter, aren't you? And I think I'm going to stick with it. For all year fear political debates, 
I mean, it's uncanny. I know that's what you're thinking. <laughs> that is uncanny. I'm, I'm back on the ridge. Okay, I, go. I, okay. Sorry. Sorry, director. Um, I'm, I'm, I may not have seen eye to eye with your godfather, but I fear he was right about trying after all. Jamie positions the barrel and taps it demonstratively. A drunk for mutter. And the other brave ones lost at Alamance. About tame. I mean, he sounds a lot drunk. He sounds <laughs> a lot drunker by now. I had to bring him home to bury him. Give Jocasta the chance to join us. John Gray wishes he could do more to go to Jamie, put a comforting hand on his shoulder, but he knows his place. You've been damn brave, Jamie, to wait this long, to let it all out again. I've Claire and Brianna and Roger to think of. Poor old Roger. Jamie looks at John Gray, a rare moment of vulnerability, exaggerated by the alcohol. He's not himself. Maybe he's a ghost. <laughs> Again, maybe, no. maybe, I'm, maybe too drunk, but it's, I, I'm going to stick with it. No, no, no. Roger's not a ghost. But there's something else haunting you. Aye. Something that may come back to haunt them. Brianna and Roger. Though they didn't kill it. Bonnet. Is capturing him still a priority? Nay. But killing them is a beat as they both contemplate the seriousness of that. I suppose Murta would drink to that. And I'll do whatever I can. You know that. I'm glad we could have one last drink together. All three of us, before I leave. Slanch. No, I can't say that. Means good health. Think of something else. Matter. I hope you go to heaven before the devil can't you were dead. Jamie and John pour whiskey onto the ground for murder. <laughs> end oh. scene. End scene. Fact, I mean, end, end scene. End, ep end episode. End series, I think. End scene. Boom. <laughs> Mic drop. It's done. Thanks very much, everyone, for coming. Get your coats. Cars around the corner. Did, I, I have no idea why you did not get the part of Jamie because you auditioned for that, didn't you? I have. I have no idea. I feel that he is somewhat slightly, my interpretation is he's slightly gruffer and by the sound of him, slightly shorter. I would feel like he would be, he'd be a lot shorter, maybe about five foot six, <laughs> not yeah, strapping. Yeah, uh, I think he's doing, he's, he's, he's doing ads for uh, Scottish tourism. Or he's an extra on Braveheart or something. I, I, I don't know. He's, <laughs> I think so. I think so. Well, he'd be doing he'd be doing things for like defunct banks. Uh, my, my Jamie Fraser. <laughs> well, here's uh, the thing: you're, you're yeah. not the first person to play Jamie Fraser. Obviously, he wasn't Jamie Fraser with a terrible Scottish accent. No, no judgment on your accent. Actually, I guess there is a bit of take. I just said, but I, I think it was a it was a very fine Scottish accent. Um, the when I first went in to read for John Gray, um, it was of course in Australia. And uh, the um, person I was reading opposite was, uh, his name is Christian, and I went to drama school with him, and he's, of course, Australian. And I've got to say that his accent sounded pretty akin to yours. I couldn't understand <laughs> a thing he was saying during the audition, and I just had to smile and nod. And I've got to say, I couldn't understand anything you just said just then. I was... Good. Then I, I, I feel like I've hit just the right note. Uh -huh. I'm sure that when you did that casting, you were thinking, you know what, if I end up getting this, I am going to spend months of my life barely understanding 
anyone for the next six months easily next six months just nodding and smiling i did yes and that was that my my uh suspicions were confirmed as i touched on the ground and got to the hotel and the person at the hotel after like a 20 hour 25 hour plane ride said something in scottish i kind of i can't remember what it was basically because i couldn't decipher what she was saying and i said to her sorry can you just repeat what you said and she must have said something like your room is down the hall and to the left um but i made her say it again and she, she and this is the thing with scottish people they apologize in, in the first instance like they know their language is or their, their accent <laughs> it's not a, it's not a language but it sounds like a different language they know their accent is difficult to understand and they're the first to apologize for it they'll say yeah sorry and then they'll go about repeating themselves. Yeah, in exactly the same tone as it was before. <laughs> as much as any true Englishman would do when abroad, as if, you know, you go into a bar or a restaurant or something like that or a hotel, and any Englishman worth his salt will say uh, very quickly, assuming everyone can speak English, um, so, uh, so so which way is it to to the bar? And to which the person will probably go, I, I'm um, no no English. And they'll go, oh, I see. I I can handle this. Don't don't worry. Which which way, which 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 way to the to the bar? To, to, I want to go to the the bar. The bar. I don't understand why he doesn't understand the bar. Right. I want to go to the bar. Louder and, that and slower. Much of, that's that's the best way exactly. of translating anything. Exactly. Raising the eyebrows, hand gestures, <laughs> and that's that will that will see you through any any country whatsoever, including uh, including. Uh, this- Including Scotland. No, including Scotland. Including yeah. Scotland. Um, Fabulous. So, mate, well, what do you want to know about this thing? What should I tell you? Um, we shot this in the afternoon um, mm-hmm. and uh, we we were not drunk. And mm. although, have you ever done a scene drunk? No, although I remember watching um with Nell and I and there's that sequence um right in the beginning of the film where he's hung over where Richard E. Grant's hung over and Bruce Robinson said to him uh you, what we'd like to do is you, you should go out and get drunk and he doesn't drink so he went out I think he had like four beers and was violently ill and came in the next morning and Bruce Robinson said yes that's exactly this the way you are feeling now is exactly that that type that's that's it but mm-hmm. I've never done it through fear that I would just literally forget everything. The the fear would right. would kill it for me. Absolutely, I would just I would be too worked up. I think even even if I had a small sherry, I would be like, "Well, I'm drunk. That's it. I'm drunk. Forget it. That's it. They. That's it. I might as well go and have a lie down. I might as well just go and just drive a car into a hedge." So this anyway, you were shooting this in the afternoon. Yeah, yeah. You weren't drunk. I wasn't drunk, and and uh, good. <laughs> which is uh. Yeah, like we said. Look, so there's something about the method of uh, of the method that appeals to me, and, and just like you were talking about, I was thinking, what it wouldn't be interesting if I did do this thing drunk, um, and, and then get fired um, from Outlander and never be on set again. But uh, similar to what you're saying, I remember like there's that story of Dustin Hoffman and um, Lawrence Olivia and Marathon Man, and um, he apparently Dustin Hoffman showed up to work like just looking terrible um, and it, like sweat coming down and he hadn't slept for days. And Lawrence Olivia said to him something like, you know, what have you been doing? And apparently Dustin Hoffman, because this scene required him to 
look like he hadn't slept for days or actually required him to yeah not be sleeping for days and had been running around because it's marathon man and dustin mm-hmm. said um he'd done just that he hadn't slept for days and been running around all day and uh, Lawrence Olivier in his English way just said, um, yeah, why don't you just act? Um, and uh, that's the thing, right? It's, you, can, you can try and live the experience or you can just act. And I think that's what we tried to do, or at least I tried to do. And that's the funny thing with, with being drunk is that you're always told in drama school um, to play drunk, you have to play against it. Or, um, yeah, yeah you, have to, you have to play sober. Mm-hmm. play yourself being sober and kind of heighten it's that which, heightened awareness right which always confused me because like me playing sober is just it's almost like a double negative it's like it's i don't it gets me too too in my head and i don't even know what that means it's like to play sober almost has a, an assumption that you're in sort of an a priori drunk you know you're you're drunk yeah. from from <laughs> you know if you take it as given everyone's drunk and then you just yeah. you got to turn up the sober. Um, doesn't make sense to me. Um, so uh, I, we did. We went for one take, and I I guess that was kind of playing in my mind. And I um, maybe I was playing. I, I was a bit too sober. It wasn't didn't have that looseness in it. And um, mm. then um, Stephen made us play it again, and um, I really loosened it up. And you know when you. When you're really loose on set, you're my fear, rather than actually being drunk, my fear is being too big, being too big with your choices yeah. and looking like yeah, 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 yeah. So, and maybe that's why ultimately this this thing never made the cut because I did look ridiculous and they're just doing me a massive favor. <laughs> um, but uh, we it's ended the fact up. You had your trousers around your ankles for half the scene. That's probably thought... why they said, "You know what? You know what, David? I think you might have pushed this a bit far." <laughs> I like some of your choices. Don't get me wrong; the hair choice was great. It was the lack of trousers and, uh, and the, right. the and the blood on your hands. I just thought that was just just a bit too much. A bit too much. Yeah. <laughs> I look. I, I wound it wound it back, and um, we did, and we ended up kicking a, a, a barrel along, and. Um, getting all like really loose with it and um, mm. and it had a really nice vibe. And I remember walking away from the scene thinking like, damn, we, we really did a good job with that. Um, yeah. And that's one thing that I always try to do with, with scenes with, um, with Jamie Fraser in particular is try to find some kind of new dimensionality to their relationship. And when Lord John Grace first, you know, met um, Jamie, he's a bit uptight and he was young and really fearful of the whole situation. They didn't, they didn't get on all that well, but they had a certain chemistry and simpatico of thought and feeling. And with every subsequent scene, I've tried to like find a new dimension with it. And this one, I thought, um, let's really play against um, the uh, sort of the the, um, the morose overtones to it. You know, the death of Murta, and and try and um, find this kind of camaraderie and grief, and and also joy and grief. Um, because it's a really complex emotion that um, grief and what is this? There's like, yeah, seven stages of it. I don't think joy is one of them, but maybe it comes under denial. Maybe that's one of them. Could be, yes, right? yes, you could have a sub a subset <laughs> of the seven stages of grief. One being one being joy, one being elation, <laughs> um, <laughs> one being like, oh, I'm glad they're gone. Um, <laughs> and then you go, no, hang on, that's bad. And then you bring it back again. <laughs> 
Should I feel this? I don't know. I mean, Lord John Gray wouldn't wouldn't be all that upset that murder's dead. I mean, he's he's not he's murder's been doing some pretty bad things, and if yeah. anything, he's just another step in the way of getting closer to Jamie. If it- <laughs> well, this is it. This is it. You know, I mean, maybe the biggest thing that the the problem with it was that Murta was going to give him a lift home. <laughs> that was a big problem. Now he's dead, which has really put the kibosh on things. Now he's just kind of going, well, I, I, I might as well get drunk because I can't get home. The last cab's gone. We've all been here. And I've just buried him. That That's happened before. I don't want to say when. But now Lord John Gray in a bit of a pickle. Um, and uh, yeah, think, well, I might, <laughs> yeah. Just get, might as well just get drunk. Wait till the morning. Exactly. Maybe get a bus. Well, yeah, I mean, and well, look. All jokes aside, I, I, I definitely did try and make this scene about something, and mm, not yeah. about not about murder. And I think, and and when I discussed it with with Matt, and um, uh, I think the writers, I, I was like, how can I make this scene into a love story? Um, mm. How is it about Lord John just trying to like have a romantic moment with Jamie, even at the grave of his best <laughs> his friend. It's, you, you know, know it's, it's, it's chancing. You're chancing. Right. I can think of, it's a pretty romantic setting and um, Lord John is, you know, not indiscreet. I think he, he's still sensitive to Jamie's feelings, but at the end of the day, like, he, he really loves the guy and he, he's not going to miss his chance. Um <laughs> Their eyes, their eyes just meet through the miasma. Yeah, and, um, yeah, 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 nice. So I think we're learning for all these reasons why this scene was cut. Ultimately, <laughs> I, do you know what? I'm just seeing all I'm seeing is positives. I'm just saying they should have shifted something else, and this should have been. In fact, do you know what I think? I think they should have played it twice. I think they should have had it at the beginning, and you don't know why it's there. One of those almost like memento, and then you play it again, and then you go, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, I get it now with the. I didn't know where they were going, but now I know where they're going. Um, oh, Murta's dead. That's interesting. You know, something like that. I'm personally, I enjoyed it. I think my rendition was um, particularly emotional, but on the whole, it's a good scene. And uh, yeah, you know, that's that's the way things go, isn't it? That's what happens with TV, as you said. You know, there's sixty odd pages of script. Some of it has to go. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, it's difficult. It's difficult, and that's probably the only first and only time anyone's ever going to hear it um, on this podcast exclusive. This is it. Um, and, I, and I think like, as in, in general, Lord John Gray in this season, um, unfortunately he, he's a bit, I mean, he's a bit superfluous to the plot. So, he, and we all know this because he's not in the book, but the writers were keen to to get me in and, and, um, and they, they, I think they did a pretty good job of, you know, trying to make it, important in 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 the actual fabric of of the episode but when you get down to like doing the cut um things like this tend to stick out because they they you know hold the pace of the show or the the arc of where the director's trying to push things and when i did see the episode back you know you only spend a very small amount of time actually thinking about murder and his death we we're moving we're moving on from that the show's got to move on and um, yeah, if, if yeah. you spend more time with with Lord John Gray and and Jamie thinking about this, it, it just takes away from other elements of the show. And I'm just being very gracious in saying how 
disappointed and upset I was at this um, scene being cut. Um, but we had we had our moment. But good news, it's been revived. It's been it's now been immortalized in uh, in in podcasting uh, the annals of podcasting history. Yeah. I mean, that's it's there. It's there. It's there. People will listen back. People will bring their kids to this <laughs> and say, this was a scene that was never screened. But take a listen to this. That guy sounds short, but the other guy is very good. I love it. I love it. Well, there you go, ladies and gents. That was our very first attempt at a podcast. What do you think, Tim? How'd we go? I loved it. Although uh, I hopefully think we've got better. I do hope we've got better. Oh, well, that's for the uh, the listeners to decide. I agree. And so instead of doing listener questions, I think we should do something a little different this time. I think I what that. we should do is go to Mr. Google and how about we do that thing where we Google ourselves, Tim? What do you say? Should we go oh, down yes. that rabbit hole? Yes, let's, let's leap down that rabbit hole like Alice. Let's do it. All right. I'm going to type here, outcasts. Uh, yeah. View and see what comes up. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Uh, here we go. Okay. This is a review from Purple4199. Okay, Purple, here we go. Um, I just finished the podcast about 30 minutes ago. It was pretty good. Uh, they did lose me a little when they got to talking about the craft of acting and some of that, but them doing the script reading as the other characters had me cracking up. And look, there's a reply, Tim. All right, okay. Um, I got a bit bored during that part too, but fortunately, I was listening while baking, so I had the mixer going during that part. Ha ha. I love their attempt at Scottish accents. I'm excited to see where it'll go from here. And then someone else uh, indeed asked for the link. Very kind. Okay, well, uh, that's pretty good, Tim. I that's think we. That's okay, that's not bad. It's a good, good start. Pretty good, in their own words. Pretty good. Should we just look for a couple more? I think we could probably get even better than that. I'm gonna... Why not? Okay. How about you go for a type? You dig there okay. in, the, in the internet. Google, have a, us. Have a quick, Google us. Have a quick scroll through. Ah, okay. Here we go. Here's one. Tim Downey and David Berry are doing a podcast called Outcasts. Mm-hmm. Two episodes so far. They read a scene from the show and then talk about it. Yes, we do. First step. It's kind of a hot mess because the two of them are reading a scene with four characters and stage directions. But the commentary is very interesting Ooh. and they're pretty funny. Uh, it goes on. It's weird listening to David Berry speak not like Lord John. Yeah, I bet it is odd. I bet it is strange. Um, yeah. Tim Downey sounds exactly the same. Lol. The second episode... Uh, they interview herself and she participates in the scene reading and it's great. There you go. The interview after is very interesting. They talk about writing the episode she was assigned, writing sex scenes, etc. Just one more little nugget to help us get through Droughtlander. That's great. Thank you very much. That That's a nice one. Thank you very much. I think that's Mrs. Chicken Pam. So thank you very much for that. Oh, thanks, Chicken Pam. I think we've got a bit of consensus here, Tim. We're pretty good and pretty funny. That's good. I'm glad that we do help whilst baking. That was uh, one of my prime things. So I'm actually quite happy about that. that quite so good. there you go, Tim. We have improved, I think. And look, I have no problem with being a hot mess. I, I pride myself on being a hot mess. I'm a hot mess most days. So if that comes across just hourly, then more power to us. So I guess what you can look forward to, listeners, is more hot messes and more pretty funny stuff. Happy with that. Every day of the week. Thank you for those reviews. Keep them coming in. Remember to rate, subscribe, 
and uh, write those reviews. We love Googling ourselves from time to time. We do indeed. And uh, yeah, it's amazing, amazing what you can find. So please, as David says, please rate, review and subscribe. Thank you for listening to Outcasts. Follow us on our Instagram page at outcast.podcast for all the latest updates. Or you can send us an email at outcastspodcastshow at gmail.com. Every week, we shall select a question from one of our listeners to answer on the show. The theme music is composed by Kieran Ledwidge. All views and opinions expressed on the show are our own and have no affiliation with the series of books written by Diana Gabaldon or the Sony Stars television show Outlander. No animals were harmed in the making of this podcast. Although I did have a ham sandwich earlier. So, See you next time. See you next time. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.